We're up to Daf Lamed Zion, uh, Lamed Vav Amid Beis, the very, very bottom. Um, we're talking about Prusbol today. So the Gemara says, what, do, what does the word Prusbol mean, literally? Now again, Prusbol is, again, it's transferring the debt to Bezdin. It was a loophole in order to collect the debt, Pashmita. So the Gemara wants to know, my Prusbol, what does the word Prusbol literally mean? So the Gemara says, Amra Chizda, Prois Buli Ubuti. Prois Buli Ubuti means, Prois means... Um, it fixes bully and booty. It fixes both those that are poor and those that are wealthy. Meaning, it benefits everybody. Because a prisbol, it benefits the wealthy that they get their money back, and it benefits the poor that they'll have people lend them money. So, it, it benefits everybody. Um, bully, how do I know the word bully means is, I guess it's a different language, I don't know what language, I guess Aramaic, but it's a reference to wealthy people. So prusbul is prus, bully, and buti. How do I know the word bully means wealthy? I will, uh, I'll break uh, the, the greatness, I'm sorry, uh, the pastor says, I'll break the pride of their might. The Tanya of Yosef and Rav Yosef translated, these are the wealthy people of Yehuda. So you see the word bully means wealthy in Aramaic. And buti, you should lend him money. Avet is a lotion of giving someone that has nothing. So it's a, it's a bully and buti. Okay. Amalei Rava Luluza. Rava once said to a foreigner who said the word prusbol. He said, my prusbol. What does the word prusbol mean? Amalei pursa de milsa. It just means adjusting the situation. It's an adjustment. Pursa de milsa. It's an adjustment with the situation. Meaning the situation is no lending and they adjust the situation to allow lending. Okay. Fine. Now, the Gemara says like this: Amr lei, Amr Rav Yehuda, Amr Shmuel, Yisaimim in Sirchim Prusbol. Okay, start some halachas, just boom, boom, some halachas. Um, Yisaimim do not have to write a Prusbol. Why? If a Yasim is owed money, they don't have to write a Prusbol. The whole premise of a Prusbol is transferring the debt to Bezdin. Yisaimim are under Bezdin's jurisdiction. So Bezdin would collect their debt even if they're without a Prusbol. It's like as if a Prusbol is written. A principle is a loophole basically saying that the debt is no longer my responsibility, it's Bezdin's. And Bezdin can collect it, because Hefker, Bezdin, Hefker. Or however you understand it. But the point is, a Yosem, kids that are Yosemim, the Bezdin, Bezdin would step in for them anyway. So it's Ke'ilu, the principle's already written. Because, Stepping in up to a certain age. Yeah, yeah, up to the age of 13. The point is that Yasim, under the age of 13, Bezdin is, takes responsibility for them anyway. So you don't need a prusbal because it's Bezdin's responsibility to collect the debts. If the kids couldn't collect the debts, Bezdin would, would intervene anyway with that, for them. So because Bezdin would, would take care of them anyway, it's Ke'ilu, it's already written. Or it's, I think, a real pr- like That's like the Iker prusbal, as Yasim. The Gemara says... Uh, because Bezdin or Rav Gamliel and his Bezdin are like the fathers of Yisayim, meaning they're going to take care of the Yisayim anyway. Okay, Tanan Hasan. Now, this is interesting. I'll tell you the Pashat Pshat. It could be different Pshat. I'll go with the Pashat Rashi's Pshat. I think that's more of an example of the, the head Bezdin of the town. Uh, Tanan Hasan. The Mishra says, Ein Kaisvin Prusbol. Ein Kaisvin Prusbol El Alakarka. You only write a prusbal if the borrower has land. Now, the reason for that is, is as follows. Poshupshat. There could be other poshupshat. is, when Chazal made takanas, they made takanas in the most normal way. Right? You're not, there's no problem of bishel, uh, yain mevushel, uh, by touch by a guy, because at the time of the takana, they didn't drink wine mevushel. They go with the common occurrence at the time of the takana. It's just how Chazal work. At the times of Chazal, most people that borrowed had land. 
because everybody had land. So therefore, most times when you borrow, the borrower had land, and there was a lien on the property on the land. That was just the common occurrence. It was very rare for someone to borrow money. To get a loan if you didn't have proper real estate was very hard, and it was very rare. Therefore, prusbal is only instituted if the borrower has land. If the borrower has no land, you can't write a prusbal. It's not today. Huh? No, 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 today, I, today, I, today seems much more symbolic in nature. I'm not going to say it's completely symbolic, but today does not seem like it, it's not as you know. Chabad, the way they do it from the Balatanya, is the by the Hataris and the Darim of that Rosh Hashanah. They just say Kol Kol Hashtaris Meshuvalach, like like they just there you go. That's it. So. But the point is, so there's only a prusbal if the borrower has land, because that was the common application at the time. Now, what happens if the borrower has no land? You can't write a prusbal. So what the guy sees, so he's gonna lose, he's gonna lose his loan. So the Gemara says, Im loy, if the borrower has no land, then mizakeyu, but It's very simple. If I'm a lender, the borrower comes to me, he's like, Can I borrow money before Shmidza? And I'm like, Shmidza's gonna cancel. He's like, I'll write a prusbal. I'm like, you can't write a prusbal, you don't have any land. So what do you do? Very simple. I'll be makna you some of my land. I, the borrower who has land, I'll make a Kenyan Khalipin or Kenyan Chazaka, whatever. I'll give you over the, the, the three inch strip of my land. Not obviously enough land that'll hurt me, but enough land that I could then lend you the money and write a principal. Okay. The culture, how much land do you have to give over to warrant? It's not a game, whatever. I'm giving you some lens. And so now you technically have lens. So you can write a prism. How much land do I have to give you? Even the stalk of a cabbage. A tiny, tiny bit. A little, little strip of land. Tiny, tiny bit of land. Rav Yehuda takes it further. You don't actually have to own the land. As long as you have rights to the land. So if I'm the borrower... I don't have any land, but I'd like to borrow, and they want to write a prusbal. It's very simple. I go over to someone who has land. I'm like, can I borrow some land? What do you mean borrow? Can I put stuff on your land? I want. I have a backpack I want to put down. Can I borrow that spot so I can put my backpack down? Yeah, it's fine. That's enough having land that, because uh, you have, is it hishtamshus? It's the rights to place stuff on it. It's enough of land. Again, you have to realize it was, Kanas Chazal, they, they wanted to be inclusive. So they included, even if you didn't have land, but you had rights to the usage of land. Okay. Fine. Now the Gemara has a kasha on this. You're telling me that you don't actually have to own the land. I could just put stuff on the land and that's enough. So here's the kasha. Uh, so let's say I don't have land, but I could park my car on your property. That's enough. Okay. I have no rights to the actual land, but I could use the top of the land. That's enough. Ainis is true. Vatani Hillel in Kaisen Bilvad. Hillel said a teaching that let's say I don't have any actual land, but I have potted plants. Hillel said if it's perforated, then it counts because perforated means there's a hole in the bottom, so it's considered attached to the ground. That's considered real estate for this discussion. You could write a principle. If you don't have a perforation, you can't write it. Let me ask you a question. If I don't have a perforation, right, so it's just a potted plant like with no hole in the bottom, like sitting on your dining room table, where is it sitting? It's sitting on your outside, right? Where it's sitting on the ground. So don't I have rights by the fact that I'm, it's sitting on the ground? You're telling me that if it's unperforated, if it's a regular potted plant, not good enough. Why? If it's sitting on the ground, that means I have rights to the ground, right? How else, how else is it there? So the Gemara says, and they didn't have potted plants inside. That was not a thing. That's an us thing. They didn't do such a thing. So how do you have a potted plant? So the potted plant's not good enough because no perforation. It's not yoinik from the karka. But forget about yoinik from the karka. It's sitting on the ground. How else is it? What is it doing? So the answer is you could have plants that are floating. You could have it that it's hanging. That's the answer. So the Gemara says, 
Amai, ha'ikam If you have a potted plant, that means it's resting on the ground. The answer is, it's sitting on a pole, meaning it has. It's not actually sitting on the ground. It's it's like a hanging plant, or it's putting on little uh, little tiny little pieces of metal that it's sticking up, but it's actually not on the ground at all. Had it been on the ground, you're right, that would be enough. The case is where it's not on the ground; it's suspended over the ground. So if it's perforated, it's considered attached to the ground, even if it's suspended, because it's getting unique from the ground. If it's not perforated, then no good. Okay, now the Gemara takes a step further. It's not touching the ground, so it gets unique Yeah, if it's perforated. Like, halachically, you wouldn't be able to move it on Shabbos, it would be considered yeah, kaitzer. It's two feet off the ground. It's kaitzer. Right. It's kaitzer. In Hilcha Shabbos, it would be kaitzer. But what's it doing? It gets it through the air. Oh, I could finally say, I, I could finally, since high school, I, could, I think that's photosynthesis, maybe. I've been wanting to say that. No? I've been wanting to say that since uh, it didn't work. Is it close, though? It's close. It's close. Ravashi makna lagidma didikla. Because of a prusbal. Ravashi would, if he wanted to write a prusbal and the borrower didn't have any land, he would give him over a stump. A stump of a, of a date palm tree. Now, a stump meaning it's a piece of land that no one could use, but it's land. So that's what he would do. Now, the Gemara continues. More halachas about prusbal. Rabbanan de Ravashi Masi Milai Lahadadi. This is sort of where Chabad gets it from. The Rabbanan de Ravashi, they would actually not write a prusbal, they would just say it. In front of a bezin, they would be like, um, I want this debt to be transferred to bezin. They would just say it. Masi Malayu, they would just say words to each other. Rav Yonison Masar Milai Laravchi Barabba. Rav Yonison did the same thing. He said the prusbal over in front of bezin without a formal document. Armalitri Khnamidi Achrina, so he asked him, Do I have to do anything else? So this is the makar that you don't even have to write a prusbal. Merely saying the prusbal in front of Bezdin would be enough. You don't have to do any more. And that's, um, like I said, that's that's an old minute. Tanar Abba Navaiter. Very simple. If the borrower has no land, you can't write a prusbal. Let's say the borrower has no land, but the guarantor, right? Sometimes they would have a guarantor, an arv. If you go to the borrower, he doesn't can't pay. You go to the arv, you go to the guarantor. If the guarantor has land, that's enough. Because at the end of the day, he, he, he might be the borrower. He might he's the one uh, he's the one that'll have to pay. If you, if the borrower can't pay, you'll go to the guarantor. So if the guarantor has land, that's enough. The Gemara says the following chiddush. The Gemara says this is the Gemara's version of the transitive property. The Gemara says Tan Rabbanon. The Gemara says the following case. I lend you money. Yeah. You don't have any land, so you can't write a prisbal. But Gavin owes you money. I, you owe me money, and Gavin owe you, owes you money, and Gavin has land. The halacha is, I could write a prisbal. Why? Because it's the transitive property. You owe me, but he owes you. I could technically go to Gavin directly and take the money. Values don't matter? Well, assuming the values, uh, assuming that, uh, obviously, it, it, that, that his debt... No, but first of all, even if you owe me 1000 but he owes you 200 I could at least collect 200 Collect something. Point is, if A owes B and B owes C, then C can go to A directly. So therefore, as long as A has land, even if B doesn't have land, that'll be enough. So if you lend, if I if I lent you money, you owe me money, and you don't have land, but Gavin owes you money and he has land, then that counts because I could technically go to Gavin and get the money. So because I can go to him, then it counts. You hear what I'm saying? The Gemara says that's a, like a form of the transitive property. A owes B and B owes C, then A owes C. The Gemara. <laughs> no. The Gemara says, um, 
You cut that out, by the way. That was an endorsement. The Gemara says, I'm sorry. This is the teaching of Renosin. The Tanya of Renosin Oimer. Renosin says, If A owes B money and B owes C money, then then the but A owes B and B owes C. So A can pay directly to C. He can just bypass the middle person. The pastor says, you pay who owes you. At the end of the day, if you owe me money, but Gavin owes you, I can go to Gavin and take the money directly. So as long as Gavin has land, I could write a prismal. Even though it's very possible, I'll never have an interaction with Gavin, but it's because it's, it's possible. If you pay me the money, I'll never... But because it's possible I'll interact with him, his having land is enough to warrant the prismal. Tanan Hosn. Hashviyas, listen to the words of the Brisa. You'll see that this Brisa is a little bit cryptic. There's three levels of loans, okay? There's loans with no documentation. That's like the hardest to collect. It's called malval pet, okay? Then you have documentation, but there's no lien on the property. Then you have documentation, and it says there's a lien on the property. So there's malval pet. There's three different levels. Okay, so the Brisa says as follows, the, and the Mishnah says, "Hashviyus mishametas es hamalva." The Shemitah cancels loans. Bein b'shtar, bein mishlo b'shtar. Whether there is a document or not. Now, what does it mean? Again, there's three different types of loans. What types of loans are canceled by Shemitah? Let's speak. I'll just say it outside. Loans that are oral definitely canceled. Loans that are documented that don't have a lien on the property definitely canceled. The machlekes is going to be, if I have a loan with the documentation that has a lien on the property, does Shemitah cancel? And I'll explain why in a moment. It's a machlekes. The Gemara says, Rav and Shmuel both explain the mission the following way. Bishtar, when the Mishnah says that Shemitah cancels with a loan with a shtar, that's shtar sheyesh barach That's talking about even a loan that has a lien on the property, canceled. Shaloi b'shtar, then when the Mishnah says that it cancels, when there's no documentation, it means she'en le'achrayis nechazim. It doesn't mean there's no document. It means there's a document, but no lien. That's also canceled. Bekol shekin And especially if it's oral. So according to Rav and Shmuel, all three loans are canceled. Okay, so far so good. Rav Yoichan and Rish Lakish just... Oral, doc, oral loan... Loan with a loan with a document but no lien on the property, loan with a document with lien on the property. All three are cancelled by Shemitah. Rav Yechanan Vishlokish disagree. They say no. They say no. If it's a loan that has a um, that has a lien on the property, it is not cancelled. Why? If I have if I loan you a thousand dollars and you owe me money, but there's a lien on your property, we look at it as it's already my land. Meaning because it's not just that I can collect it, it's already leaned, meaning there's there's a lien that I have sort of rights to it. The Gemara understands it that it's ki'ilu, it's already mine. So it's not a loan that Shemitah cancels. Shemitah will cancel like an out an, like an outstanding debt. It's not an outstanding debt, it's my land. Because because there's a lien on the property, it's ki'ilu, it's already in my rishos. That's how the Gemara perceives it. Just wanna... So anyway, so the Gemara is explaining that if there's a lien on the property, then Shemitah already Shemitah does not cancel because if there's a lien on the property, it's ki'ilu, it's mine, and it's not considered an outstanding debt. Okay, the Gemara continues. Now that this is Rav Yechon or Rishlakish, that's what they say. Now I, I just want to make one point clear. The Gemara is going to point this out later. There, the, the, 
there is a sheet of Beishamai in Ksubis that Beishamai holds, Shtar HaOimid Kegovei Kegovei Domi, which means that Shtar, Beishamai has a shita which we don't follow, that anytime you have a document that says you're owed money, it's kilos, you already collected it. Now, we, we, we don't generally follow that approach, but that is a sheet of Beishamai. I just want to point that out. You'll see why this is negay in a minute. But that's Rabbi Yechonosh Lakish's opinion that if there is a shtar that has a lien on the property, Shemitah does not cancel. The Gemara says, Tani kavas der We actually have a brice of the backs of Rabbi Yechonosh Lakish. Shtar, what does the brice say? Shtar choiv meshamit. meshamit. The brice says that if there's a lien on the property, it's not canceled. And the chiddush of this brisa is that this brisa is not just following Bishamah, because it could work. This kind of sounds like Bishamah, that you have a lien on the property, so it's kilo, because I could collect this kilo, it's collected, so it doesn't cancel. The chiddush is this is not just going to Bishamah, this is even according to Beish Hillel, if there's a lien on the property, Shemitah does not cancel the loan. Okay. Why? Because, like I said, if there's a lien on the property, it's kilo, it's already collected. I mean, Beishamai takes a step further to say that, like, all debt is like that. But Beis Hill is saying, no, 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 <laughs> when there's a lien on the property. Okay. Correct. Now, th- uh, remember the names. Rabbi Yochan and Rishlokish are the ones who say that if there's a lien on the property, Shemitah does not cancel. That was Rabbi Yochan and Rishlokish. So the Gemara says the following story. Um, Tani Yidah says, the Bryce says if you loan someone money and you specifically write a specific land that you have, let's say you own 10 lands, but you say this one is set aside for you, Shemitah is not going to cancel it because, because you identify that specific land, it's Ke'ilu, it's already transferred, and it's not an outstanding debt. It's not a debt anymore. It's Ke'ilu, you already collected it. Not only that, the truth is, the Brisa then says, forget about, forget about, um, uh, forget about a specific land. As long as there's a, a lien on the properties, you could collect Shemitah does not cancel. This Brisa is again backing up Rav Yechon Lakish. Okay. So the Gemara says, uh, A relative of Rav Asi had a loan, had a debt, that was owed to him, so he was a lender. He had a debt that was owed to him, and there was a lien on the property, and he wanted to collect it. The question is, the question is, does Shemitah, does Shemitah cancel? So the Gemara says, Amrle, so Asla Kamidir Ravasi, so he goes to Ravasi, he asks him, Amrle, does Shemitah cancel? A uh, loan where there's a debt in the, uh, the uh, a, a debt where there's a lien on the property? Not canceled, like Raviyachan Rishlakash. Shavki Vasil Rav Yochanan. So he goes, ask Rav Yochanan. Again, what did Rav Yochanan say? Rav Yochanan said that if there's a lien on the property, Shemitah does not cancel. He asks Rav Yochanan, Amli Meshamit, Amli Meshamit, Ein Meshamit, Amli Meshamit. Shemitah cancels. So Rav Yochanan, who said before that Shemitah does not cancel, is now saying cancel. Amli Hamar Hudamar Ein Meshamit. He said, you're the one that everyone quotes. That's probably why I asked him. He said, you're the one who everybody quotes is saying that Shemitah does not cancel. So why are you saying that Shemitah cancels this debt? I thought you're the one who says that Shemitah does not cancel the debt. He said, because I'm learning a sugi, I should pass in that way. Meaning... He was saying before is that was like a svara that I had. Like you know, there's like a shear that we're learning right now, and then there's practical halachic rulings. Those are two separate things. He's saying, listen, before if you ask me while we were learning, do I think Shemitah cancels it? No, I don't think Shemitah cancels it. Practical halacha? I, I'm gonna say it cancels. Meaning he was saying that just because I said before a svara in base measures doesn't mean that I want to pass in that way. 
So he said, but you had a brysa that backed you up, right? Tanya kavasid the Rav Yechon Rish Lakish. He said, but he said it's not just a theoretical. I'm Tanya kavasid the Mar. You have a brysa that backs you up. So it's not like you're a chiddush. Like you're nervous to paskin like yourself. You're not sure. But you have a brysa that backs you up. Amrle Dilmahi beShamahi. Damishtarim Megavis Kigavis Dami. He says perhaps that brysa follows beShamah. Meaning that brysa doesn't necessarily follow me. That brysa could be following beShamah. I don't know what Basila would say about it. Therefore, I'm not 100% confident that that price is a good enough ruling, and therefore, I'd rather abstain. Okay. The Gemara says the following teaching. Tanan Hassan. Two ways to avoid Shemitah problems. One is if you transfer your debt to Bezdin. That's basically a prusbal. But the first one is if you have a collateral. So if I loan you, if I loan you $1,000... So Shemitah should cancel it. But if you give me a collateral, you give me a, a, a watch that's worth $1,000, that's collateral, I could collect it. Now, we'll, uh, why? We'll have to figure out. But if you give me a watch as collateral, then Shemitah does not cancel the debt. So the Gemara says, I understand the first case that if you gave over your debt to Bezdin, that's a prusbal. I get it, because Bezdin could collect the debt. Ella Malva Mishkan, my time. What's the what's the reason why if I have collateral I could collect the debt? What does collateral have to do with anything? Oh, so the Gemara says Amarava Mishum the toughest lay. The answer is we'll get to its stages. The Gemara says, because you're holding on to the collateral. So what? Wait, you're telling me it's because I have I, I'm holding on to the collateral? Let's say, forget about a collateral. Let's say I borrowed a thousand dollars from you. And uh, you borrowed a thousand dollars from me, right? So you owe me a thousand dollars, and I'm letting you, uh, and I, and you let me uh, stay on your property. So I'm staying on your property. Does that mean I could also collect the debt because I'm on your property? I'm holding on to the property. What is holding on? I mean, what is that? The fact that you're holding on to the collateral, and if I'm staying on your land, I have connection to you. What's the what's what's the, what does it mean by I'm I have I'm holding on to the collateral? What does that do halachically? Oh. Well, are, 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 are you allowed? By the way, that's a tremendous chiddush. I don't think you're allowed to do that. <laughs> you can't sell someone's collateral. Well, paid, oh, but no, I'm saying before the debt, let's say that, right, the collateral means that if you don't pay me by a certain day, then I'll keep the collateral. Up to that point, though, I'm just, I, I don't have rights to it. So the Gemara says, no. Shani mashkin We're actually looking at it that when you give me collateral, that collateral is actually mine right now. It is mine right now. It's just I could only fully attain it once the debt is already not paid. But the truth is, it's mine. Rashi says regarding what halacha, I don't think you're allowed to sell it. Maybe for side reasons. So, oh, well, no, I'm, I'm talking about before the point where the debt is owed. You, but, but even before that point, that collateral is mine. And therefore, if I have collateral, Shemitah is not going to cancel because it's already mine. And what does it mean it's mine? It means that if, let's say it gets stolen... It's my responsibility. It's not your responsibility. It's my responsibility. It's mine already. The Gemara says, how do I know this? The Pasuk says that you should return the collateral at night. Let's say the collateral is a blanket and the guy's poor and he's cold. Give him the blanket back. Give him, let him keep the collateral for a short period. Let me ask you a question. If the collateral is his, it's not mine. Right? It's actually his. I'm just holding on to it. That by me returning it, is that tzedakah? Tzedakah sounds like I'm going, like, I'm doing that. I'm doing something I don't have to. It's tzedakah. Well, I, I'm returning your collateral. There's two ways to perceive collateral. Then I'm holding on to the collateral. You lend me, I lent you money. You owe me $1,000. You give me a Rolex. So I'm holding on to the collateral. Okay? 
So the question is, how do we perceive this? Uh, the, the, who's the owner? If, if Am I the owner? I just can't keep the collateral until the debt is officially not paid, but I'm right now the owner. Or are you the owner and I'm just holding on to it? So he says, I'll prove it to you. The Pusik says, return the Rolex at night. Do tzedakah. Now let me ask you a question. If it's actually mine, then yeah, tzedakah means I'm being a good guy. I'm giving you something that's actually mine. I'm being a good guy. But if it's actually yours, I'm returning you what's yours. Is returning something to someone that owns to them tzedakah? It's not tzedakah. That's that's Yasha. So the fact that the Pasuk describes it as Sadaka indicates that it's actually the 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 it's actually mine, the lender, it actually becomes mine, and therefore Shemitah is not cancelled. Okay, Tanan Hasam, the next page. It's very interesting. Let's say, very, very simple case. I lend you money. I lend you a thousand dollars. You owe me a thousand dollars. I don't have a prusible. So, do you have to pay me back? No. Shemitah is cancelled. But let's say you come to me and you say, I have $1,000, I'd like to pay you back. So the halacha is, I am required by halacha to officially declare, you don't owe me money. I have to say you don't owe me money. But, but if you then say, I'd still like to pay you. I know, I know, I don't have to. I still like to pay. You're allowed to take the money. These are the words of Shemitah. So you have to say, I have to officially say, you don't owe me money. You don't have to pay me. Correct. But if you then say, I'd like to pay you, I'm allowed to take it. Gemara says in Chiddush, the truth is, let's say I go the following. You come to me during Shemitah and you say, I'd like to pay you. And I say, nah, you don't have to, right? I officially have to say you don't have to. And you're like, okay, cool. <laughs> the halach is, says Rabbah, I could coerce you. I could uh, put pressure on you to pay me. Why? Because, not because of Shemitah, not because of the debt owed to me, because Shemitah canceled. But you told me you were going to pay me. You got to keep your word. There's a concept in halach of keeping your word. So although Shemitah cancels the debt, but if you came to me and said, you want to pay me, I mean, you want to give me money, you got to keep your word. So even though I say I relinquish, and, you, and you're like, great, and you go on your way, I could grab you by the corner and be like, hey, give me the money. Because you said you're going to give me the money. So you got to keep your word. So the Gemara says, wait a minute, you could coerce someone? You could coerce someone? Meaning that coercion, there's two different ways to coerce somebody. There's like, please, please do me a favor, and you nag the guy until he pays. Or there's beating the guy senseless. Coercion could kind of sound like beating the guy senseless. The Gemara says right now, that means that a guy comes to me on Shemitah and he says, hey, I'd like to pay you. And I'm like, no, you officially don't have to. And he's like, all right, I'm allowed to take a hammer and hit him in the head. That's what it sounds like, not to kill him, obviously. But my point is, I could coerce him, hit him in the shoulder. I'll coerce him. That's what it sounds like. The Gemara says, how you talking? Eisve Abaya. Abaya says, wait a minute. The Bryce says, kishu noisin loy. Al yoyme le bechoyvi Abaya quotes Abraisa that if you want to pay me by Shemitah, you should say, as you're giving me the money, you're not paying me debt, you're giving me a gift. Because there is no debt. So if it's a gift, you're telling me I could, I understand there's a thing to keep your word, but you're telling me I could beat someone up to keep their own word to give me a gift? No way. The Gemara says, no, no, no. 
He says, no, when he said coerce, he means coerce the guy until he says, I'm giving it to you as a gift. He doesn't mean, nah, yeah, it doesn't mean break his shoulder. It means you talk the guy into it, you explain to him, listen, you said you were going to do it, you should really keep your word, it's important to give you, keep your word. And then when he gives you the money, you say, hey, but is this a gift or payment? He said, gift, okay, shine, beautiful. Now, Rabba is the one who says that, um, Rabba is the author of this opinion, that you should coerce the guy. So the Gemara says the following story. Abba Barmarta, who Abba Barmenumi, Abba Barmarta, who's also Abba Barmenumi, it was a nickname. Havamasik be Rabba Zuzi. He owed Rabba money. Now Rabba was very poor, so Rabba needed this money. He owed Rabba money right before Shmita. So on Shmita, during the end of Shmita, when Shmita already canceled the debt, he comes to Rabba to pay. Rabba says, Meshamadani. Rabba says, You don't have to pay me because that's what you have to say. So the guy's like, Okay, great. And the guy went home. So Rabba wasn't expecting that, right? Again, it's usually this is the game. I'd like to pay you. You don't have to. I'd still like to pay you. That's the game that you play. Rabba expected this guy to play that game, but he didn't. Rabba, he like said to Rabba, I'd like to pay you. Rabba said, you don't have to. And he was like, great. And he left. Now, this bothered Rabba because Rabba, first of all, he was the author. He was very poor. So the Gemara says... Abaya comes and finds Rabba sad. So Amrle Amayat of Mari says, What's bothering you? Amrle Hachi Avimai says, He told him what happened. The guy was going to pay me, and I, I technically said, You don't have to, and I expected him to play the game, but he didn't. So Azla Gabe, so Abaya goes to the guy. Abaya is like, I'm not going to have my Rebbe sad. So Abaya goes to this young Tamachacham. Amrle, he says, Umtisle Zuzli Mari, he says, Did you owe Rabba money? Amrle in, he says, Yeah. Amrle, Umay Amrlach, when you went to pay, what did Rabba say? Amrle, Mishamanani, he said, you don't, I don't have to. So Abai said, did you say, I still like to pay you? Like, did you, did you finish the, Amrle, he said, no, I didn't, I didn't, he's like, I'm new to that, I didn't know that that was a thing. So Amrle, so Abai said, you should know, Rabba would have taken the money. If you would have given him the money, he would have taken the money. So Abai said to the student, make it better, fix it, go back and offer him the money and give him the money. So Azalam Tirnile, that's what he did. And Amarle, Ava Pikin Shaklinumine, Amarle Hava Bedaita Bahit Sumarabonami Kara. Abaya went back and told Rabba that young a young guy, he he just didn't know he didn't know the rules. <laughs> meaning meaning it wasn't a personal thing, it wasn't him trying to get out of paying you. He didn't realize that when you said Mishamadani, he was supposed to say Afal Pikin. He didn't he didn't know the, the, the game that you're supposed to play. The Gemara continues. Rav Nachman says a person, let's say a guy comes during Shemitah and he says, uh, I, I, you owe me money. He said, where's your prisbal? I had it, but I lost it. He's believed. He's believed to say that he had it and he lost it. Huh? Well, I mean, you don't have to keep it unless they ask you to see it in court. It's not nowadays, no one knows I'm going to take you to court, but in, in court you would want to see it. So he says, where's the prisbal? And he said, well, I had and I lost it. The halacha is he's believed. Why? My time, where, where, where does this belief come from? Because Chazal made a, a concept of a prisbal, we assume the average Jew would rather use a prisbal and go through mutter roots than to go through usher roots. So there's a chazaka that the average Jew would easily avoid isurim. So because it's easy to make a prusbal, we assume that he did. And if he says he lost it, he's believed to say that he lost it. The Gemara now says, um, mm-hmm. Rav took a step further. When the guy would come to collect the money, Rav would offer, he would say, 
when the guy when he saw the guy didn't have a prusbal, he wouldn't ask him where's your prusbal, and the guy would say I lost it. He would say, did you happen to have a prusbal and maybe lost it? He would even open up the conversation on this to try to psach picha, open up the mouth of those that are mute. Tanan, the Mishnah says, I the Mishnah says not like that. The Mishnah says if the guy doesn't have a prusbal, he doesn't collect. So the truth is tanoihi. It's a machlekes tanoim whether a person is believed to say that he lost a prusbal. The Tanya, The first opinion says you need the prusbal. If there's no prusbal, no payment. The chacham say no. You're believed even without a prusbal. Okay. From here until the end of the Amid, it's going to take us. It's eight twenty-four. I'll be done believing that by eight thirty. Very simple. The case is as follows. You have a, a Canaanite slave. So a Canaanite slave, right, that was someone who they would dip him in the mikveh, they'd have a brismila, but he's still a slave. And he has to keep the, shev- uh, keep the mitzvah of, uh, that a woman is obligated, but he's still a guy. What happens, our mission is going to be dealing with the following case. You have a Canaanite slave whose property, who was captured by uh, soldiers. Captured by soldiers. And then he was ransomed, he was rescued and ransomed by a second person. The question is, who owns this slave after the ransom? Who owns this slave after the ransom? And does it matter why they ransomed him? Right? You could ransom a slave with the intention that I'm ransoming him, right? B- buying, ransom him, buying, right? I'm buying him from the, the pirates. I could do that with the intention of him, him remaining a slave or doing it in order to free him. So the question is, what, who owns the slave after the ransom, and does it matter why you ransomed him? So the Mishnah says as follows. Eved Shenishba, you have a non-Jewish slave that was captured. Upadua, and he was ransomed, he was purchased. Im Lushum Eved Yishtabed. If you purchased him to be a slave, he's a slave. Im Lushum Ben Chorim, Le'yishtabed. If you purchase him to be free, he's free. So it just matter of how, why, you, why, why you purchase. Now, by the way, the, the Mishnah has not said, who is he the slave by? It says that if you purchase him to be a slave, he's a slave. By who? The first guy or the purchaser? Doesn't say. And then it says if he's free, automatically free. Now, Rav Shem Gamliel, Gamliel says, I don't care why you bought him, he's a slave. He remains a slave, even if you purchase him with the intent of him being free, he remains a slave, which is very strange, because I bought him to be free, then shouldn't that be an act of freedom? He should be free, right? The, 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 the owner can free the guy. So if I bought him, which is an act of acquisition, and I did it with the intention of him being free, uh, he should be free. Shemlin says, no, he's not free. So the question is, why? Assuming that it still belongs to the one that was... Correct. Oh, so here, here's the Shiloh. Our Mishnah... Uh, uh, let me explain outside very, very quickly. Our Mishnah says, you bought the slave, who owns him? So it says, very simple, it depends why you bought him. If you bought him to be a slave, he's a slave. Bought him free, he's free. There should be something that's much more important at play, which is what Yehuda pointed out, that... Shouldn't it be whether there was miyayish or not? Right? Remember the sugi and Bamitzir, right? When something is lost, there's yish. Once there's yish, then you could acquire a new one. Did the first owner, right? You own the slave. Menashe was the pirate, but he's a Gaisha pirate for this discussion. So you, you, you captured the slave. I, the hero, came and bought the slave. So the Mishnah says, who, who owns the slave? So is it, what's the status of slave? So if I bought him to be a slave, he's a slave. Free, he's free. Shouldn't it? There's a much more important question. Were you Miyayish? Because if you were Miyayish, then he's my slave. Then, then it's then 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 okay. But then, if, but if you're not Miyayish, then he's your slave. So, and the Gemara wants to know. So the Gemara is trying to figure out who who when it says he's a slave. If you bought him to be a slave, he's a slave. By who? The first guy or the second guy? Was the Miyayish or not? 
So the Gemara is a kasha. The Gemara says, "B'may eskina." I, I don't understand. Ilay milafnei yish. If 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 the original owner was not miyish, that means it still owns to the original owner. Then l'shum ben chorin amai lo yish david. Then then let me ask you a question. Think about that. If it's before yish, that means it's still yours. I come in, I ransom the guy, right? I purchase it, and I purchase him to be free. He goes free. Why does he go free? <laughs> what do I? He's your slave, right? Like, I come in, I buy him to be free. The mission says he's free. Why? If it's before Yish, it's still your slave. <laughs> I come in, I'm like, I bought him to be free. Well, who cares what you did? You're not the owner. You're still the owner, right? Before Yish means still, you're still the owner. So what does my action do? You know what I'm saying? I buy the slave to be free, all of a sudden he's free. Why? If it's before Yish, that's your, it's still your slave. What does my purchasing have to do with anything? I can't, I can't just purchase someone. I can't go in and just change the status of a slave. I'm an outsider. If it's after Yish, then why is it that the Gemara assumes that if I bought it to be to be a slave, you still get him, the first owner? Well, I, I don't understand. So that's the Gemara's kasha. Am I Yishtabit? Amr Abayeth. Two pshatim. The Gemara will end with this. Abayeth says, Lo'oilam lufnei Yish. Really, it's before Yish. Okay, so let's just talk this out very quickly. It's before Yish, which means you are still the owner. So if I purchase him to be a slave, he is a slave by you because you're still the owner. If I purchase him to be free, he goes free. Now that's strange. Why would that? Why would he go free if he's still your slave? So the Gemara says, Oh, you want to know why? Uh, it's before Yish, which means it's still the original owners. If I buy him for freedom, then he goes free. Why? You're still the owner. Why would it go free? The answer is this is a takanas chazal. Chazal did not require, you know there's a mitzvah pidin shvuyim? There's a mitzvah to redeem Jews. There's no mitzvah to redeem a non-Jewish slave. So there's no mitzvah to do this. But there would be people that would, chazal were happy if you did this. We don't want a non-Jewish slave to be stuck there. If I would buy him for freedom and he would still remain a slave, I wouldn't do it. Meaning I'd feel altruistic. I'd, 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 I'd be willing to spend my money to buy him his freedom if he would actually go free. So the case is really, it's before Yish. So it's still your slave. If I buy him for freedom with the intention of him being free, he goes free. You say, why, why does he go free? He's your slave. The answer is because Chazal knew, I'm not buying him for freedom if he's just going to become your slave. I'm not going to do that. So people are going to stop ransoming slaves. So in order to incentivize ransoming slaves, if you bought him for freedom, he goes free. We want him to be that whatever my intention is, it works. Because we want to incentivize Pidin Shvuyim by a Canaanite slave. That's why if I buy him for freedom, he goes free. This is before Yish. Rav Shem Gamliel says, regardless, he becomes a slave. Why? Why is Rav Shem Gamliel not bothered by this? Because Rav Shem Gamliel feels the mitzvah of Pidin Shavuyim applies to non-Jewish slaves as well. So I don't have to incentivize it. It's a mitzvah from the Torah. People are going to do it anyway. So even if I buy him for freedom, he won't go free. I'm going to stop doing it. You're not going to stop doing it because it's a mitzvah from the Torah. He feels that the mitzvah of Pidin Shavuyim applies to non-Jewish slaves as well. Therefore, I don't have to incentivize it. But that's the pshat. So it's really before Yish. And why is it that if the person purchases him for freedom, he goes free? It's because Chazal wanted to be that people will to incentivize Pidin Shvuyim by non-Jewish slaves. Chazal wanted to be that if I say he goes free, he should go free. Because if you don't listen to me, I'm not going to do it anymore. The Gemara says, 
Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, Rabbi Ben Kachabik Yishtabikus Avik Shem Shemitz Liftos is Bnei Chayin Kamech Liftos is Avodim. And Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, two more minutes. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says that even if you buy him for freedom, he stays a slave because the mitzvah Pidin Shvuyim applies both by a slave and both by a Jew. The Gemara says that's a biased pshat. Rava Omar Laoylam Laachar Yish. Rava says no, really, it's after Yish, meaning. The first person already gave up hope. The second person is purchasing him. So if the second person purchases him for slave, he becomes my slave. If I purchase it for freedom, he's free because you are no longer the owner. I am the owner. Okay. Okay. Um, one last point, and we'll have to end with this. Why, according to Rishon Gamliel, if it's talking about after Yish, I purchase him for freedom, why does he not go free? Again, it's after Yish, which means you're the owner, Menashe steals a slave. You're already miyash. You're out of the picture. I ransom him. So the Tanakama makes a lot of sense. I am the owner now. If I ransom him for slavery, he's my slave. If I ransom him for freedom, he's free because I am the owner. Rishon Gamaliel says, regardless, he becomes my slave. Why? I bought him for freedom. The answer is to prevent slaves from willingly becoming captured. Because think about it, if you're a slave and you want out, it's very simple. There's a marauding uh, gang. You're like, hey guys, I'm just going to join you for a couple of days. The Jews will get me out because they're into that. They'll do a charity campaign. They'll get me out. And then they'll be nice because they, they want to be freedom. And I'll be free. So in order to stop willingly, slaves willingly giving themselves up, they, the slave has to realize, even if you're free, you're a slave. So don't, it's not worth it. Okay, we'll end with this. So that was Shem Gamliel. So... Two pshatim in Rishon Malil. The first pshat is is that he is regardless a slave because the mitzvah pidin shvuyim applies both for Jews and non-Jews. Uh, the second pshat is because he follows Chizkiah. The Gemara now just says one last point. The Gemara says, "Mesa um, have a kasha." If you review this uh, again during the day, it'll it'll make perfect sense. Um, Rishon Malil. The Bryce says a kasha. Rishon Malil in this version says, "Kesheim shemitzalitas b'necharin kach mitzalitas avodim." Rishon Malil says, "My opinion is predicated on the premise that pidin shvuyim applies to slaves as well," which is the first version of Rishon Malil. The second version of Rishon Malil is not that. The second version of Rishon Malil is that it's in order to avoid slaves giving themselves up. So this is a riot to the first shot because he mamish echoes what how Abaya understood him. This is Mamash Abaya's version of Shingham Leel. So why is there Shingham uh, Again, there's two Pratimah to understand Shingham Leel, both before Yish or after Yish. Before Yish, it's because it's a mitzvah pidin shvuyim. After Yish, it's because of Chizkiah. The Bryce says the, the mitzvah pidin shvuyim. So it's a riot to the first Pshat. So the Gemara says no. The Gemara says... The Gemara says the case was, Rav Shimon Lil did not understand what the Rabbanim's case was. 
I mean, the Rabbanon just said their opinion. Shem Gomil says, I'm not sure what your case is. If it's before Yish, I disagree with you. If it's after Yish, I disagree with you. If it's before Yish, because it's a mitzvah for him. If it's after Yish, because of Chizkiah. So the fact that the Brisa says one of his reasons, it's not a proof that that's actually how he held, because he wasn't sure what the case was. He wasn't sure what the case he was arguing with. He was arguing in both cases. He wasn't sure exactly what the Rabbanon were saying. Therefore, it's not a proof either way. It could be really Rishim Gomil holds like Rava. I, he said Abaya's argument because he wasn't sure what the Rabbanon were case was. He was saying, listen, if you guys are going like Abaya, I'll say this. If you guys are going like Rava, I'll say this. The fact that he said that doesn't is not indicative of anything. He wasn't 100% sure what the case was. I will right, stop here. My pleasure. If you hazard, it'll help. It's a... Uh,